Hi, I'm Ethan. I love muzzleloading. And today we have on the line our York correspondent, Colton Fleetwood, to give us a rundown of the 30th anniversary Sergeant Alvin C. York Memorial Match. I mean, let's jump into it, man. How was the York this year? The York was great. Um, we were so fortunate. We had all considered, we had great weather. We had uh, good fellowship. Um, it started out with some rain a little bit on Friday and the skies kind of cleared up and the rest of the weekend was was just a as paul griffith would have said it was just a bluebird day it was a little windy Mm -hmm. but um it was just a a good weekend and just to see all the people that you've not been able to see all winter long it's just a time that i look forward to every year and and can't wait to get there and and see all my friends and and share stories and you know and then obviously with the match you know then everybody kind of gets serious and when the guns start going off and, and uh, <laughs> you just kind of bear down. Right. Right. So this was the 30th anniversary of the, of the match, right? Where they, that is correct. Yes. 30th anniversary of the York shoot. So okay. um, I have been to every shoot, but one since 2014. So um, I've got, uh, I missed the 20th by a year. So, um, but I got, I was there for the 25th and now the 30th. And, um, I, all I can say is hats off to everybody that's involved with pulling that off. Um, as you know, I know what it takes to run a chunk gun match Mm -hmm. and, um, you know, everything that that crew does down there is everything that I go through, but just on a little bit larger scale. And, you know, Mel Hankla, um, really one of the, still one of the, founders of the match is still involved and um on the logistics side make sure the site is prepped insurance gets paid all that good stuff and then robin warner and his family and crew have take care of the the shooting match side with registering shooters and printing targets and scoring targets and tabulation and they just do a fantastic job and Considering we had a couple years there, we were off for COVID in 2020. We had a big rain come in in 2021 that canceled the shoot. And last year, you know, the weather was not great. It was pretty windy and colder. And the numbers were down last year. Mm-hmm. And they really did a great job of getting the word out and getting the excitement back about the York shoot. And it showed, um, I think there were 138 registered shooters. That's wonderful. Um, Yes, and it was just a like I said, it was just a beautiful weekend. I actually ended up getting a little sunburnt, but <laughs> uh, that's okay by me. It was a it was just a, a good time. I think was had by all, and things were just so smooth sailing this year. We actually I talked with match director Robin Warner, and uh, he said actually they were trying to slow us down in the first relay a little bit because we were just plugging right along. <laughs> they were trying to keep up with scoring targets. So. Right hats off to that crew because you know it it is not for the faint of heart to try to step in and run a shooting match let alone one that that registers nearly 150 shooters yeah i mean i think the the backbone of of muzzleloading in this country is the is these matches that happen throughout the year but the backbone of those matches are the volunteers and the people that put those on so absolutely hats off to to the crew that puts that on because that's just that's incredible definitely because you know with with what I go through for to put on the um, 
West Hartley Memorial shoot there in Bologna, mm-hmm. you know, if, if I don't have good people to surround me and help me, you know, I try to do everything I can and I try to do as much as I can by myself, but there's just times where you've got to be able to call somebody and say, Hey, I really need you to help me and get this done. And yeah. luckily I think Robin has, um, the same experience I have. He just has good people that he can depend on. And, um, you know, it, it, it makes life a whole lot easier for a match director when you don't have to worry about people doing their jobs. And I don't think that uh, there's much worry goes on during the York shoot because it's just a very well-run event. So the, the folks that might not be familiar with the York shoot, what kind of, of muzzleloading competition is it? So the, the Alvin C. York Memorial match, um, firstly, I think we ought to talk about who it's named after. And Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, uh, Sergeant York, Alvin York, was a soldier during World War One. Um, kind of famously made by the movie Sergeant York, and he was kind of a national hero during World War One. And it, it the match takes place on his home place, and it, which is now a state park. All the land was donated to the the t- state of Tennessee, and his home place is now part of the Alvin C. York Memorial Park. And so, we are fortunate enough to get to use those grounds for a shooting match, and and um, Mel Hankler kind of gave us some of the backstory of how it was came to be but um at the time mel was a he's a educator by trade and he mm-hmm. was teaching at indiana state university and so he was living in indiana at the time and had become good buddies with alan coon who's kind of what we call the godfather of chunk gun matches he had made mention that you know we ought to try to have a match down in jamestown because that's where um mel was headed there to teach um in a town just north of Jamestown. Okay. So uh, Mel started getting in touch with the people that ran the parks, one of which was the son of Alvin York, um, Andrew Jackson York, who unfortunately just passed away not too long ago. But they worked out a deal, and they were able to find the site, and it's actually the place where we shoot these matches is the same place where they shot the movie scenes for the beef shoot in the movie oh really so yeah it's pretty cool how it came full circle but yeah so so that gives you kind of the pretext now to talk more about the shoot itself it is what we call an over the log or a chunk gun shoot and um kind of the kind of a more old school old timey backwoods appalachian style shooting where you would lay down in pro prone position and you rest your gun over a log um, these days, everybody has their own special custom chunk, as we call it, that you mm-hmm. that you adjust for height and all that to rest your gun on. And then you shoot at a target that is 60 yards away. And you do that with open sights. Um, a lot of them, uh, a lot of the competition rifles are pretty heavy, big barrels on them because you're trying to control recoil, um, makes them a little more accurate. And um you know, uh, it's just a really fun way, old school way of shooting a muzzleloader match. Yeah. Now, could I shoot just a, any normal muzzleloader in that match or, or do I need to have a special chunk gun for it? So anyone you're, yeah, as long as you're shooting with open sights and a patched round ball and you didn't, your, your rifle does not have a false muzzle which is something that's usually associated with a target shooting rifle, mm-hmm. then you can shoot chunk gun. Um, you don't have to have any special equipment to come shoot the match. 
there's many people that shoot their offhand gun or, you know, shoot a, a, a reproduction gun just as well and, you know, and shoot them alongside guys that build their own custom rifles with custom barrels and, you know, and, and there, there's a place in chunk gun shooting for everyone, which is kind of the, one of the neat things about the sport, in my opinion. Yeah, and I think that's a neat way for it to still be connected to those early 19th century or early 20th century, sorry, roots, because sure. you can you can just bring what you have. You don't have to have a specialty setup for it. That's something I've always liked about the Wes Hartley matches. There are people coming in with their custom rigs, and then there are people coming in with you know a traditions Hawken of some yeah. kind, or a CVA or or a Thompson Center Hawken, and they have just as much fun. You know, you, you're not yeah. necessarily. I think you can kind of tell who's going out for to that's trying to win, and you can you can see who's trying to just have fun, and everybody's welcome at a at a shotgun gun match, which is really cool. Yep, that is so true, Ethan. And, you know, the cool thing, and you briefly mentioned the, the match that I helped run, and, you know, the difference between uh, that shoot and most chunk gun shoots is we actually have a weight limit. Most chunk gun matches are unlimited. Just you know, the York shoot is unlimited. So that's why you'll see my rifle, for instance, weighs about 28, 29 pounds, and that's usually kind of in that sweet spot of what most competitors have that are serious about it mm -hmm. um, i'll have a rifle that weighs you know 25 to 35 pounds usually around a 50 caliber maybe a 54 um you know long barrels that's another kind of distinctual feature of a chunk gun they want a long barrel that goes into the sight radius and and making sure that stuff is right but you know at the end of the day i've been to a lot of chunk gun matches and I, i've seen a lot of guys just show up to one for the first time and everybody's so welcoming and and my good friend, Neil Eddington's, uh, told me a long time ago, said, you know, all you need to shoot a chunk gun match is your rifle and a chunk and, you know, most everything else you can borrow. Mm -hmm. And that's pretty true. That yeah. is pretty true. There's been many a times where I get to a match and, you know, you forget something or need help with something and, and people are always there to ready, just to ready to help and step in and get you through it. And that's kind of a cool thing. Um, and something that, I'm always appreciative of whenever I have an issue and somebody steps up to help me and I always try to pay that back also. Yeah. So walk us through a little bit what it's like coming in to the York. Are, are you setting up on Friday or are you setting up early Saturday before the competition comes in and yeah, kind so, of walk us through the day a little bit and, and then how it ended. So the, so the York shoot, um, it's like I said, it's held on the old Alvin York home place and, um, they call it the Valley of the Three Forks, and uh, and the Three Forks River runs through that that place. And so the valley down there, and the and the place where we shoot the match will start getting filled up on Friday. A lot of guys and gals will sleep in their trucks or bring tents or even a camper and stay down on the range for the match. Um, I don't. Uh, really have any use for sleeping in a truck bed while others <laughs> might i just don't have no use for that so we have a hotel that we always go to there nearby and and you know I, I just find that to be a little more enjoyable even though i don't sleep very well you know the night before a match because you're just so anxious right i still find that's a little more comfortable than sleeping in the back of a truck i've done that a time or two and that's probably about all i'm going to do with it but. <laughs> <laughs> but uh you know then you know you all i always go down on friday and go down to the range and and hang out and see people like i said see people you haven't seen in a while and 
and shoot around, sit around and talk, uh, shoot the bull a little bit and, you know, and then people kind of disperse out and start going to bed. And then about daylight, you'll start to see a little activity and, uh, guys will shoot, uh, start getting their stuff out of the truck and getting set up for the match and setting up, uh, uh, there's not any, um, covered firing line or anything. It's out in the middle of a pasture field. So, mm-hmm. um, a lot, everyone usually brings their own loading table and, uh, that's one of the things I think it's a critical piece of equipment to have when you go to the York shoot is to have a good loading table. And, uh, you know, guys are setting up, setting up their chunks, setting up their target frames out at 60 yards. And so, you know, that, and then we always had the safety meeting around seven thirty, and it's central time there. So that would be eight thirty Eastern. And so you get a little bit of an edge there a little bit. Yeah. So, um, everybody's usually set up by that time. And then once the safety meetings concluded, they start a practice round. Okay. And so for anybody that might be listening to this, that doesn't know anything about chunk gun shooting, um, you'd be like, well, what is a practice round for? Well, um, in chunk gun shooting, you have a target that you shoot at, that's your aiming point that you call a spotter target. And your goal is um, during this practice round, which is 30 minutes traditionally, um, is to shoot as many shots as you feel comfortable with in that time period. And what you're doing is you're trying to establish a group. You're trying to establish a point of impact on your target so you know where your gun is shooting every time you aim. Now, sometimes you practice really well and you'll stack three or four of them right in the same hole or, or cut them and... And you're like, wow, that's great. And then you, you know exactly where you're hitting. Sometimes you might spread them out and it looks more like you shot it with a shotgun. <laughs> um, had those days and plenty of those days. And so that you're kind of into some guesswork there, but at least you're trying to shoot as many times you can to somewhat establish a group or an area on your target where you feel like when you aim and shoot, that's where you're going to go. And then the purpose of that is because the score targets are actually a separate target. So what you're doing is once you've established this group, then you take this X center target and post it in behind this group that you've established during the practice period. And then that is what you shoot at. And um, you still shoot at the same spotter target, but when you shoot, you hope you go in that same group. And um, then the targets are measured with a dial caliper to a thousandth of an inch. Hmm. So pretty intense stuff. And, you know, like I said, as as a match director of a chunk gun shoot myself, I've explained it many times. And a lot of times I get, huh. Right. You know, (laughs) I've heard that so many times I can't even count. And I'm like, just come on down and look at it. Once you see it, it'll make total sense. Yeah. And, uh, you know, you've you've actually put together some videos for us that I think really help explain how chunk gunning is done. And I think for somebody that's never been to one, they'd be worth checking out on, on YouTube just to see, you know, what's the particulars of the chunk gun match and, and how it works. And once you've seen it, you know, it makes total sense. But explaining it is not is not as easy as one might think. Right. It's 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 so different than any other muzzleloading competition that's out there really it to me it's almost more related to golf almost as odd as that sounds because you're changing every time the target remains the same and you try to put it in the same spot 
but your body and your position changes so much that you the part of the game is trying to get back into that zone <laughs> which yeah and, and, makes well, it tough. yeah exactly consistency is the key if you can do the same thing every time load the gun the same way every time lay the gun on the ground the same way every time get in behind the gun every time the same and aim it you know, align the sights the same on the target every time. I mean, in theory, you should shoot the same spot on the target every time. Now, obviously, there's a lot of external factors that will usually prove that not to be true, um, whether it's wind or light or, you know, you're just not quite comfortable or you're not holding your head the same way on the stock every time. Or mm -hmm. There's just so many different factors, but you try to eliminate as many inconsistencies as you can in order to truly be competitive in chunk shooting. And that, and that's the name of the game. I'm interested. I, I really got to just make the, make the effort to get my gear around and, and come down to maybe the West Hartley this year, since I missed the York, but well, I got to get what, down to one would, of these. That would be wonderful. We would be well, you know, we'd be happy to have you and, you know, it, it, I'm telling you, be careful what you wish for, because it'll, it'll, <laughs> it'll get in your blood and it's hard to get rid of. I, you know, of all of all the muscle loading shooting I do, which is primarily all I do and all I think about when it comes to guns. Right. And you can ask, and you can ask my wife. That's I. They're my obsession. And, uh, <laughs> you know, chunk gun shooting is up is number one. Um, always and always probably will be. You mentioned early on here that there's a little bit of wind this year. How did that play into <laughs> it for you? Well, you know, we had, you know, pretty much a sustained 20 mile an hour wind. There'd be times it would drop, but most of the time it was 15, 20 mile an hour winds. You'd have some 35, maybe 40 mile an hour gusts in there at times. And, you know, what, what that does is separate the men from the boys, mm. you know, and uh or the uh the women from the girls because there's there's some women competitors too that are 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 tough to beat at the especially at the york namely right. don don swagger you know um her husband is a great chunk gun shooter and and she is too and this year she happened to beat tom but um you know it, it's not just a men's sport i've seen plenty of women shoot it well and uh you know, the wind, the wind played a big factor. Um, you know, we, I, I, they shoot it in two flights because there's so many shooters. We have to split them up. So they shoot a morning group and an afternoon. There's not assigned, uh, they're not assigned or anything like that. You just choose which one you want to do. And so I always shoot in the morning. That's just kind of been my habit. Mm -hmm. and, um, Get it out of the way. So, yeah. And, <laughs> you know, conditions tend to be more favorable in the morning too. You know, it, it, you just you have a lot more um, variability in what you might have in the afternoon. But I've seen it; the wind lay really nice in the afternoon a couple years. But traditionally, the shooter that wins the match comes out of the morning flight. So um, we shot in the morning, and like I said, you know, we you have to pay really good, really good uh, attention to the conditions because you know, and I you know I shoot Benchrest also. I shoot that at Friendship, and mm -hmm. and you know. The name of that game is being able to read your wind flags and the difference between chunk and bench is they don't allow any wind flags. They allow you a wind indicator of sorts at the chunk, but usually that people take a piece of pillow ticking or something like that, you know, marker right. tape or, or something very primitive to kind of judge wind speed. 
but this year the grass was a little taller than normal in the in the field that we shot at so i tended to to watch the grass movement and and use that to base ah, make okay. decisions off off when to shoot when to not and um i struggled you know the first three shots of the match i had over three inches on my string measure after three shots or i was two and a half inches i believe a little over two and a half inches after three shots and i thought you know well, I I was just thinking to myself, well, this has been fun, but it's over. You know, <laughs> that's hard to come back from, and and uh, I don't know. I had a couple more that were just average, nothing crazy. The next mm-hmm. couple, and about halfway through the match, in between relays, I was talking to my good friend Neil Eddington, and you know, Neil has taught me so much about uh, about a lot of things, life, uh, business, but uh, and most importantly, shooting, and. Um, you know, he, him and I have a lot of conversations back at the truck, you know, in between relays, especially at friendship. And, yeah. you know, during the York is one of those times. And we were sitting back there and he said, you know what? Pay attention to the grass, son. It'll make, it'll tell you everything you need to know. Hmm. You know? Yeah. He said, you need to bear down here and pay attention. And I said, yes, sir. <laughs> and, uh, so, you know, I bared down and, the first shot after that conversation, I felt like I, I, I judged the condition right. And as soon as I pulled the trigger, I saw the smoke go straight out, which is not what I was wanting because I was shooting a little bit of, of uh, left to right wind. And uh, I thought, well, that one's not going to be great. And it wasn't. It was in my what I call my no wind group. Right. You know, this kind of fighting what the chunk gun shooter likes to call two group syndrome. Uh-huh. Um, so I thought, well, I don't know. I he can tell he he'll give me the talking to, but I don't know if I can follow through on my end. So the next three shots, I believe three or four, um, I was able to get the conditions that I wanted and was able to to cut or rub the X pretty hard. Those last three shots. So um, I was glad I was able to make good on my word. Right. I would pay attention and, uh, things worked out and ended up coming home with a fifth place finish. So I'm, I'm more than tickled. That's my best York today. So that's fantastic. Yeah. And how, how big was your group spread then through the whole target? uh, My, so my, my string measure ended up being just under six inches. It was 5.91, I believe. Wow. So for 10 shots for 10 shots. So, yeah, and, and two of those shots were both – one was right at an inch and one was an inch and a quarter. And so, you know, that was – really, those two shots there was the difference between me finishing fifth and finishing third. If I could have mm. got one of those just kind of halfway – half half the distance of what I actually scored there, I'd have probably ended up in the top three. But you know what? I'm I'm tickled, all considered. I had – I took a – I built a new gun or assembled a new gun. I, I got the barrel from a, a chunk gun friend and had uh, had an under hammer action, but I didn't like the stock on it. So I put together a whole new butt stock, roughed out one and, and uh, shot it with the file marks still in it. <laughs> and, uh, and, you know, That's great. And, but, uh, but it all worked out and, and we just had a great time. And I think it's worth mentioning that my good friend, Neil Eddington won the match. So, yeah. 
and and congrats to Neil too. I, I want to try to reach yeah. out to him some to to hear about it because I know he's pretty hardcore about these matches. It's it's well, great to hear yeah. that he won the something as big as the York. That's great. Well, the the York holds a near and dear place in his heart. Most most probably most I won't want to speak for him, but probably the biggest reason for that is because our uh, our friend that's has passed away, Paul Griffith, um, who's kind of was just changed the chunk gun world forever and his approach and and his you know he built rifle barrels for these guns and you know he was just kind of the the true gentleman of the sport and uh you know he won it he won that match a record six times wow and you know neil has finished a a second in that match i believe in eight times Hmm. and most of those were to paul The last, the last time Neil had won this match, and the only time he had won it was 2013, which was the 20th. Okay. Annual. So I said, boy, I hope you don't wait another 10 years to win the next one. <laughs> but he just laughed, and, you know, we just had such a good time. And, you know, it when it, it, it mean you know, that match means as much to him as the Wes Hartley means to me. Yeah. Yeah. And and I've not been fortunate enough yet to win the West Hartley, but I, I want to so bad. And, <laughs> you know, that it's, it's those matches that mean so much to you. And when you get to share it with people that you just enjoy and call good friends, it just makes everything that much better. And, and <laughs> he was telling me after the, you know, after our relay, we're back at the truck and I cooked a little bit of food for lunch and we're sitting there talking. He said, boy, I hope I don't finish second again. <laughs> I said, well, I don't know. I think you shot pretty damn good today. And uh, <laughs> it just worked out. And he only won that match by about 40 thousandths of an inch. So that tells you how tight the competition is. Man. So, but, uh, yeah, it, you know, it's just a, it's just such a cool event and it brings people from everywhere. I mean, we're sitting there in the old country store there up the road eating lunch on Friday and guy sitting over at the table saw I was wearing a, muzzleloading shirt of some kind i don't remember which now but he said you in for the york I said yeah and i could tell he wasn't from around here uh-huh. and i'm sure people thought the same of me when i spoke but i could tell for sure and he ended up being from connecticut i believe oh really so, yes so you know it, i knew some i think i believe somebody from great britain was there this year shooting fantastic so, you know that just goes to show you the kind of draw that that event gets yeah Man, international. That's great. For something that people would can probably consider to be a, a pretty niche part of a niche shooting sport, you know, when it comes yeah. to muzzleloading in general. That's fantastic. It is. It is. And, you know, the, uh, there used to be quite a quite a contention of Canadian shooters that would come. And COVID, since COVID happened, right, they've just not been able to get here. And it's it's a sh- quite a shame. But But there's always been an international presence for a long time there at the York. And like I said, that just goes back to the, to the people that facilitated and put it on, you know, hats off to them. And, you know, they did a really fine job this year of just kind of making everything a little extra special with it being the 30th annual. Yeah. This podcast is brought to you by Thor Bullets. Thor Bullets are a premium full bore muzzleloader bullet designed specifically for modern inline rifles. Thor bullets do not require plastic sabos or belts to be fired, meaning less cleaning for you between shots. 
The patented copper base creates an airtight seal, giving you greater distance and accuracy. Thor's unique engineering allows the bullets to retain 95% of their weight upon impact, and the controlled expansion ensures large, easy-to-follow blood trails. Thor bullets are currently available in a 50 caliber version that is sized to your specific bore. Thor is also expanding into a new 45 caliber bullet designed for faster 1 in 24 and 1 in 22 twist inline rifles. For more information on these great bullets, visit www.thorbullets.com. We'd like to thank Thor Bullets for their sponsorship of this podcast. This podcast is brought to you by Muzzleloader Magazine, the publication for traditional black powder shooters. Since 1974, Muzzleloader has been the leading magazine devoted to traditional black powder hunting and shooting. Each issue is jam-packed with articles on hunting, shooting, gunsmithing, do-it-yourself projects, living history, American history, book and product reviews, and much, much more. Muzzleloader Magazine is the best traditional muzzleloading magazine, bar none. I'd like to thank Jason at Muzzleloader Magazine for his continued support of I Love Muzzleloading and the I Love Muzzleloading podcast. I don't care what you're into. If you're interested in muzzleloading, this is the kind of magazine I think you need to check out. I've been a fan of Muzzleloader Magazine even before the sponsorship. Uh, I've always been impressed with what Jason has been able to put out with Muzzleloader Magazine, and it really means a lot for him uh, to be supporting I Love Muzzleloading and our efforts over here. Thank you, Muzzleloader Magazine, for your support. One thing, one thing that needs to be said about the York shoot is, you know, it, it is the World Series or the Super Bowl or whatever, you know, the, the masters of chunk gun shooting. You know, if you want to put, your, you know, put your name uh, at the top of the chunk gun shooting world, you know, you've got to go to Palm Mall, Tennessee and win down there because it's the best of the best. Hmm. And, you know, you look down the top 10, any one of those shooters in the top 10 minus me could win that thing. <laughs> <laughs> They're just that good. Right. You know, and, and any, any, and there's some, there's plenty of them outside the top 10 that could win it too, that might just have an off year, you know? And, and so if you want to be a name in the chunk gun world, that's where you go because it's it's the biggest event for that sport and it's just really great to get to be a part of it every spring and it's kind of cool that we get to kick off the shooting season with that event you know i'm kind of thinking in the back of my mind here that it, it'd be a lot of fun to to cover the the west hartley again this year if i can but but cover it by shooting in it you know and kind of show the well, pro- show the process that would as that it would goes through awesome. that would be awesome because I think this is the kind of sport that a lot more newcomers could really enjoy, you know, as a as a different way to shoot a muzzleloader. I, I think so. It, you know, so there. Well, I don't know. And, and Ethan, I've thought about this a lot. I don't know what it is about jump gun shooting, but it's just, it's just there's something about it. I don't know. It's just <laughs> whatever it is. I don't know if it's just the positioning you know, of laying down every time or, or what it is, but there's just something about it that's so instinctual. And so, I don't know, it just draws you, it just draws you in. It's, it's like a, it's, it's like a drug. <laughs> I'm telling you, I've built, you know, I've got. Yeah. I've how got many more, do you have? <laughs> uh, I've got more chunk guns than you should, can shake a stick at. And a hell, I want to build two or three more, you know, I've got it in my mind. I want to build a, you know, what I would call like a, a full, full stock gun, you know, a side lock gun, yeah. not an under hammer. 
Um, you know, I've got a mule ear sitting here that I really, and a piece of ash that I've got a really nice piece of curly ash that I really want to build a, a gun around and, you know, heck I don't need any more, but you know, and maybe I finally found my, my problem is, is I buy other people's guns, mm-hmm. you know, and finally I just had enough. And I thought, you know, I'm not going to the York this year with somebody else's gun. I'm going to go with one that's my own and that I feel comfortable in. And that's where I got the idea of yanking that piece of wood off and starting from scratch. And, you know, I basically turned it out in the week, <laughs> you know, spent a lot of, a lot of nights and after work at my mom and dad's, you know, cause my shop stuff is still there. Yeah. Whittling it out. And the piece of maple I picked was about as hard as a freaking rock. <laughs> my dad, my dad would be out on the other side of the garage working. He'd go, are you filing on something? I'm like, yeah, a piece of freaking wood. <laughs> It's so hard, and I got a farrier's rasp that I used to move wood with. It, it still struggled. I right. mean, it's just, I'm like, well, you know, at least the file marks won't show up too terribly bad. But, but yeah, I uh, I just wanted to go with something that felt felt comfortable. And if I shot terribly, at least the gun, I, I couldn't say anything about the fit of the gun because right. every year I fight that. <laughs> and I was just, you know, and I'd finally – said enough was enough and you know it it definitely and, and it's got a little more fine tuning it needs but it's gonna i think it's gonna work for me so it's a 50 yeah it's got a 50 it's a paul griffith barrel right it's 52 52 inches long inch and three eighths round i have to start i had to go back to loading from a step tool <laughs> it's the only thing i don't like about it i can load a 48 inch barrel without a step stool but i'm not this one <laughs> not this one I'd like to thank Colton again for coming onto the program this year to give us the lowdown on how the Alvin York Memorial match went. This is a match that is on my bucket list and should be on your bucket list as well. If you're interested in muzzle loading, if you're interested in competition, even if you just go to kind of day trip it, see what the match is like and kind of watch it as it happens. This is definitely the kind of thing that you need to get out and go try and, uh, you know, seek out in your area there might be a couple muzzle loading or, or, or of the log chunk matches still happening it's still pretty popular in indiana ohio kentucky kind of the west virginia tennessee area so that's definitely something to check out and uh, if not you know if you're at your local muzzle loading club and you're looking for something else something new to add to your club roster consider an over the log or a chunk match i think a lot of people would enjoy it and you also have kind of the sister offshoot match of the table shoot or the table match that kind of runs in conjunction with the over the log chunk rules. So give it a try. If you haven't already, I'm looking forward to to diving in a little bit this year and, and having some fun with it. As always, I'd like to thank you so much for listening. Muzzle loading has been pretty hectic as we head into the new year here. We have a lot of things on the horizon as we head into the competition and the event season. I'm looking forward to bringing you as much coverage as we can here at ilovemuzzleloading.com. If there's something that you'd like me to cover or you'd like me to talk to somebody in particular, please shoot me an email at ilovemuzzleloading at gmail.com, and I'll do my best to either attend or talk to somebody who uh, is attending one of the 
these events you'd like me to cover and uh, and reach out and interview some of the folks that you want to hear from. As much as this is what I enjoy doing and what I enjoy talking about, I think it's just as much, uh, you know, hearing feedback from all of you out there listening on, on what you want to see and, and what you want to hear. So if there's ever anything like that, please do not hesitate to let me know. Once again, I'm Ethan. I love muzzleloading. Thank you so much for listening. We'll catch you next time.